two, one, we have liftoff. Yay! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Overdue Podcast, episode 24. I'm Kelly, and joining me today are my fellow Madison College librarians, Erica. Hello. Matthew. Hi. Autumn. Hi. And Mark. Hello. Our guest on the podcast today is Madison College instructor Dixie Burns. Hi. Welcome. Dixie teaches solar system astronomy and stars and galaxies astronomy, as well as earth science. She's been at the college for 20 years and says she's seen a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Today on the podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of space and astronomy-related topics, including the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. We'll have trivial observations with Mark and our Anything Goes recommendations. All right. So on July 20th, 1969, Neil Armstrong and Edwin Buzz Aldrin, I've always loved that nickname, <laughs> landed on the moon. Um, some of us were too young to have any memories, and other, others of us weren't even born yet. So I thought it would be fun to talk to someone that was around then and ask what their memories and impressions were of that time. And I talked to my mom. I asked her what she remembers of the moon landing in the space race. She uh, remembers very well in 1957 uh, when the Russians launched Sputnik Mm -hmm. and uh, just that feeling of like, oh, the Russians are going to beat us into space and they're going to win. And they were kind of paranoid. You know, what else were they going to do? And it looked like for a few years um, they were winning (laughs) because they were. And uh, she also remembers feeling elated when they planted the American flag on the moon Mm -hmm. and thinking, yay, we won. But she also felt a lot of anxiety about the the ride home. I think it took three days, um, so there was yeah. anxiety there. And uh, also another vivid memory she has is the accident in 1967 oh, yeah. when oh, three boy. of our astronauts were killed in a fire and explosion. Uh, she said it was really sad. Um, and then uh, I didn't even ask her this, but she did say after Apollo 11, she said, yeah, and I remember there was some... Uh, mission after that that they experienced some trouble but they made home okay (laughs) and then she said and then that movie came out with Tom Hanks (laughs) and she was like she goes I just had no idea it was so dire and um but I was like well thank god they had Tom Hanks to bring it home so but that was my mom's memories um and Erica you said yeah so I did many interviews of my parents both my mom and dad and my mom was really funny. She's like, I was a teenager. I was mostly involved in my personal <laughs> life and don't really, um, you know, she recalled the events happening but wasn't too invested. But she did remember thinking and, and being really proud that uh, JFK got his dream, that his dream came true right, is, is yeah. what she said. And I thought that was pretty cool. So that, you know, even as a teenager, that was something that resonated with her. Yeah. Um, my dad, my stepdad, on the other hand, he was totally interested in the space race um he was also a teenager he said it was huge to him um he had you know followed it closely and it was a big deal you know to see him um step on the moon or have anybody men on the moon um and he and he put and i quote i grew up wanting desperately to be able to go into space (laughs) 
Um, mm-hmm. But the thing about him is that he knew he never would be able to. As a child, he had hip problems uh-huh. and just the summer before the landing the moon landing he had had surgery and had these like pins put in so oh, he yeah. knew that he would never oh. go into space so I thought that that was really sweet yeah. and what I really loved about you know it kind of interviewing them I you know even though my mom said oh I'm not yeah. I wasn't that she still had a little bit of a story you know everybody you ask has a little bit of a story like something they remember yeah you know when it happened so it's pretty cool who else has a memory Matthew yeah, I asked my sister, my oldest sister, about this because um, I, I didn't really remember anything my parents said about this. So um, she recalls we were in Door County uh, during that time um, for the family vacation up north. Mm-hmm. And my mother was worried that because of the moon landing, it would somehow knock the moon out of orbit oh, sure. or yeah. mess up the gravity with, with Earth. And so she was... <laughs> Worried it would be some catastrophe, but um, end of the world, right? Yeah, and I didn't really ask my sister about her recollections, but <laughs> she was a young teen at the time. Sure. Um, Autumn, do you have any memories? No. Or parents' memories? Or? No. 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 Right. Okay. How about you, Dixie? No, no direct okay. memories of that event. <laughs> All right. And Mark, you had one. I'm old enough that I was alive, although uh, I was a very wee child at the the time. Actually, since I was very young, my main memory was uh, my mom watching Walter Cronkite, Mm. and when he started to tear up, my Mm -hmm. mom just started crying. (laughs) Well, when when Walter loses it, we're all going to. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, that just impressed me um, even more about the magnitude of the event. Exactly. That's... It's a sweet story. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's just go around uh, the table and uh, let's just talk about um, just what's your favorite space exploration film or documentary. Um, and it can be a sci-fi if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Autumn, would you like to start? Um, one that came to mind that I saw when it came out, and I actually saw it at the IMAX theater oh, okay. on the west side of Madison was Gravity that mm, just is sure. maybe five or six yeah. years old mm-hmm. because I love sci-fi and I like the feeling of complete freak out sci-fi <laughs> alone in space <laughs> and I think that movie does that really well yeah. if you know the story yeah. you know she's all alone how does she survive this terrible accident that's happened right so you know even though it's pretty commercial um and it, it was, was fun it was a big blockbuster movie it was really fun to watch yeah. on the IMAX too oh, right yeah yeah, yeah. how about you screen. Matthew um I've always been a Star Trek guy so I'll okay. just even though that was a series first and then many series after, there were some movies in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there are new new movies, of course. So, I'd, I'd say Star Trek just because it's had this optimistic right mm-hmm. orientation. Sure. How about you, Dixie? I like a lot of science <laughs> <Sure>. stuff, obviously, <laughs> with my imagine. field. Huh? Yeah. Matt kind of stole one of my number ones. Okay. I've always been a huge uh, Star Trek fan for the positive influence, but. Uh, for a documentary, I've always loved Carl Sagan's Cosmos mm-hmm. series. You know that really was groundbreaking when that came out in 1980s. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
How about you, Mark? Well, I'm going to go with a very recent film. I'm going to go with First Man from this last year. And partially because I I, I thought it was an underrated film. I Um, I agree. I think uh, there seemed to be a lot of people that had thought Damon Chazelle had gotten more than enough credit for La La Land the Mm -hmm. year before. Mm I, I thought the detail that they went to yeah. to you know for realistic sounds mm-hmm. and equipment, uh, the recreation of it, and I actually um, think Ryan Gosling is a very good actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did a nice job yeah. as Neil Armstrong. I thought it was so. the, just the personality um, exploration of you know what kind of person it takes to to do that. Yeah, <laughs> did you get a chance I haven't to see seen that? It yet. No, yeah. okay. I haven't either. And I'll go with one of my favorite movies of all time, um, Contact, uh, yes. Carl Sagan's story. Excellent but book. It's an excellent book, but that I have to say that's one of the times when I think the film's better because it kind of pairs down the story. It does. makes it mm-hmm. more focused. Mm-hmm. And But I try to watch that once a year. I, I find it positive. Um, it is uh, one you can watch over and I over. And I, I have actually seen Contact many times. Um, and, you know, for the podcast, I was having a hard time deciding. Contact was one of my um, top films, but I actually went with Interstellar mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, you really had to, it's one of those movies where you really have to pay attention and think yeah. about um, what's going on. You can't really look away and, um, you know, there's some kind of time travel things that happen that are really cool. And yeah. so I love I, the I, robots. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I love and the way that it just completely blows your mind with it, weirdness. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And there, you know, there's a lot of like, like in your head sort of mental exploration, like am I going crazy or is this really happening? <laughs> that kind of stuff. So I, it, you know, it's, it was a good film for sure. Yeah. Really good. So. I think I'm going to have to watch it again just to, yeah. cause I, I was a little confused about stuff, but a lot of people point is that as a, you know, one of their favorites. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it does come up certainly at the beginning where, where they're having this, um, you know, blight, I think it's blight. It, it's yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a crop scare. And so there it's like real devastation and, it doesn't. It's, we're not that far away from it, so it's really thought provoking in, mm-hmm. in that way too. So. Yeah. All right. It's, and now it's time for our um, interview with Dixie. We have some questions okay. for you. <laughs> and I think and I can uh, start. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, so you had said that the Apollo program wasn't the first NASA mission that you were interested in. Can you tell us about the missions that first grabbed your attention, whether Apollo, Voyager, or the shuttle? Um, sure. Well, the Apollo program kind of had wrapped up in 1972, and since I was only born in 1971, mm-hmm. I really wasn't aware of all of that uh, going on. Um, instead, I think the first mission I have a memory of, really, is the Viking landings on Mars that were the late 70s. I was still a little young uh, then to really get into it, and so the one that really captured my attention, my imagination, was the Voyagers. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that started in the late 70s and yeah. went through the 1980s and it was like this grand tour first time seeing the outer solar system so that really captured my imagination helped me become interested in astronomy Mm -hmm. along with uh, you know some other things and so you know with that attention when you get into something it's like 
you want to absorb everything on that topic. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, small town, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. 1970s, early 1980s, mm-hmm. you were kind of limited in what was in your library and things like yeah. that. So, uh, you know, I learned about Apollo through that and kind of thought, oh, I missed out on something great. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to Mars, and we've been going to Mars for several decades now. So right. hopefully eventually it'll be something I can see in my lifetime. Uh, but... You know, the other thing with that was the shuttle was also big in the 1980s and watched that and, you know, just seeing that happen over and over again and, you know, being able to see Sally ride go up when she did, you know, to see a woman finally do it was so meaningful. I was me. born in 79, so those were, for yes, me, growing up, really big deal. That like mission was shuttles. a big deal, and yep. of course, you know, Hubble, we were going to have yep. a telescope Hubble. in space, right. but then that got delayed by Challenger, which mm-hmm. was a huge impact on me, because yeah. I'd followed that so closely, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, then finally it did get up there, and that's a mission, you know, when it ends, is going to be hard for me, because yeah. it's been a part of my life since... So it's supposed to end soon? Probably in the next decade, yeah. okay. okay. Depending, you know, how long parts last, things like that. Sure. So Well, it, it's outlived what they thought. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. But, I mean, it's been in space since 1990. You know, originally it was supposed to be launched in the mid-'80s, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was conceived in the early-'80s. So it's been, like I said, this lifetime thing yeah. for me, you know, following that. So. Yeah. But, yeah, so all kinds of missions interest me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I love the Internet these days because I can follow along almost yeah. real time now, you know. Yeah. Um, Dixie, you had also mentioned Carl Sagan had a huge influence on you. Uh, would you want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, growing up, you know, like I said, these astronomy things happened. I was really interested in it. And, you know, people would say, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? So I want to be an astronomer. And then they go, a what? <laughs> you know, and then you get that strange, like, look, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> you know, and conversation would kind of change. So, you know, seeing him on Cosmos, seeing somebody do it, and he was, mm-hmm. you know, people that were alive then and saw him, he was such a captivating personality, yeah. you know, and he could bring things down to an understandable level. You know, so seeing somebody in that position certainly helped you know my grandfather was also a big influence on me he bought me a little refracting telescope that I could play with and a great big uh, picture book from National Mm -hmm. Geographic called Our Universe that I just love to page through and look at Mm -hmm. the pictures I mean there's so much unknown and it's so free you know (laughs) so yeah that's so Carl Sagan was the ones once got me started yeah Mm -hmm. He was a great ambassador. It was. Yeah. I, I remember seeing him on The Tonight Show. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he did that whole circuit with Carson and all of them. Yep. So on Monday, it was announced NASA has a new program called Artemis, after the Greek goddess of hunting and the twin sister of Apollo, mm-hmm. um, which will land the first woman on the moon in 2024. What do you think of this? I think it's a great idea. Um, there's a big difference between announcing a mission and following through on a mission. You know, I mean, there's funding that has to be gotten, things like that. So I wouldn't attach myself to this 2024 uh, date. Uh, things have a tendency of running behind. But you know, I kind of like the idea of, you know, going back to the moon. I like the idea that they want to make a woman do it. Um, I mentioned growing up, you know, Carl Sagan had a huge influence on me. But... I didn't see anybody like me, Mm -hmm. you know, doing that. And, 
you know, so you can feel kind of lonely and mm-hmm. isolated. Even when I was going to graduate school, I was one of very few sure. women around. And, you know, so for girls to look up and see somebody like them doing it, I think is going to be a very powerful role model to have. You know, it's Absolutely. not all white men that do these things. Mm-hmm. And growing up when I scoured things and I learned about, you know, Caroline Herschel, the sister of William Herschel, who, right. you know, they discovered the planet Uranus, mm-hmm. or Annie Cannon discovering a spectral classification scheme, or Henrietta Leavitt, you know, finding distances to stars. It was it was powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, women can do these things and are doing these things. They're just not celebrated as much. Mm-hmm. Right. So saying we're going to put a woman front and center to be the first person is just, I think it's really special. Great. Very yeah. cool. And do you think it would have a spillover in getting more women and girls I involved think in so. STEM? I and, think so. Okay. Um, you know, the recent black hole image, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the woman that was involved in that, you know, that was great to see that. You know, the unfortunate side of that is you get a lot of backlash, backlash. you know, so, and I'm already hearing backlash about this Artemis, Mm -hmm. you know, mission and the fact that they want a woman and they're going to pass over qualified men and, you know, Mm. I think a woman can be qualified too, (laughs) you know, and so, you know, so it's still there. The disparity is still around it's just not out in the open as much and you know mm-hmm. if it could be a minority woman that would be even better mm-hmm. right yeah. you know so we'll see well that's a solid enough reason for doing it but uh beyond that it, it can you make a scientific case for going back definitely to i think there are reasons to go back to moon. i don't think the moon should be the end all be all only destination of what we do but our technology has certainly changed mm-hmm. over, you know, 50 years. So, you know, just better technology to do things. Also, with some aspect, with Apollo, we were a little bit lucky in some ways because we didn't know a lot of the dangers we were facing. Okay. Right. For example, one is the sun gives off flares. And these flares are very damaging to the human body. And we still don't know when we leave the Earth's protection how we're going to protect ourselves from that. And the moon is outside the Earth's protection. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, we were really lucky there were no Earth-directed flares when the astronauts were at the moon. Mm -hmm. You know, those few years, the sun was in low activity, and we just missed it. But going to Mars, someplace like that, it's going to be months. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we can't count on being lucky. Mm -hmm. And so the moon is like a next-door practice ground for many things. You know, there are health things. There, How are you going to deploy a base on Mars? You know, will there be any problems? We can practice in the moon. The trip back and forth to the moon's a few days tops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to go back and forth if you're going to Mars. Yeah. So, you know, while the moon has interesting aspects in and itself, it is a testing ground that's close enough to us that if something went wrong we'd have more hope of fixing it, mm-hmm. you know, ironing out those kinks, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's neat experiments you could do on the moon, you know. Mm-hmm. Imagine putting a telescope on the far side of the moon. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so you don't have that interference from the Earth. Yeah. Or, you know, there's yeah. just kind of endless things, yeah. really. All right. So do you have an opinion on the push for space tourism? Uh, and if you could afford it, would you go? Yeah, I haven't thought about that a lot. Um, would I go? Well, I seem to have this fear of heights. So if I could go get over that, um, it would certainly be interesting, although I think these things are going to be prohibitively expensive. Uh, I usually divide it on, I guess, 
the issue with space tourism is one: are you doing it safely? Yeah. You know, and not to push that. So, what kind of standards are going to be around that? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, is it going to really just become an elitist thing? Because it was bad if the space was reserved just for, for the, the elite, yeah. you know. And you know, could space tourism some of those dollars be funneled into, you know, space exploration, other things there, you know? Mm-hmm. So if they do it in the right way, I guess I don't know what all of those right ways are, but you know, try to promote, you know, some of the science of space, kind of the cooperative aspects. Mm-hmm then I think you might have something there. But, you know, there's still, it's not easy, and it's draining on the body, and there still is experimental aspects to this, you know. So it's not jumping on a plane and flying to, you know, New York or L.A. Right. So, and I don't think everybody has that view, and so Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's some dangers coming up with space tourism (laughs) that, you know, you know, like with the shuttle, we treated it as, you know, just routine. Right. And we learned through Challenger and Columbia, this is not right. routine. Right. It's not as easy as it you looks in so, movies. <laughs> you know, and NASA's been very lucky with their yeah. last several Mars missions that they've all succeeded. Mm-hmm. You know, Europe, European Space Agency wasn't so lucky in their last mm-hmm. mission. So, yeah. you know, it's risky. Yeah. In the meantime, there's always the uh, gravity flights that you could take, I oh, guess. Yeah, right. yeah those zero, look interesting. Zero gravity, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that does look... You mean the vomit comet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not into that at all, because no. I can barely fly. Yeah. But. I, I can't even go on a Ferris yeah. wheel anymore, yeah. so... Yeah, I think I'll stay an armchair astronomer, you know, yeah. looking through my... Computer lens, if you will. When you were talking about uh, missions to Mars, nobody mentioned The Martian, which I thought was a really good, fun book and, good and movie. movie too. It, was a very good yeah, movie. it had some good scientific mm-hmm. aspects yeah. to it. So. Yeah, I guess for me, Although this, some things were easier than right. they would be in reality. Right, yeah. exactly. For me, the space tourism is is kind of like okay. So, what does that mean exactly? You know, you sign up for a trip to space. Does that mean you get to orbit the Earth one time, ten times? Yeah. You get to go beyond orbit? <laughs> Are you sitting in a Tesla? I mean, what's the whole... Yeah. What does it really mean to go to space? Well, I think there's um, uh, SpaceX, and then there was, another, I guess, uh, Virgin Space. Oh, I, I'm Virgin not sure. Galactic? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Virgin. they're already, like, getting people mm-hmm. yeah. signed up. So right. and Don't forget the Russians took... Um, Oh that yeah, one. I forget yes. his name, but they took him up to the International Space Station yes. because the Americans would not. And mm-hmm. so, okay, yeah. I don't remember the name. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> I, I read an article yeah. on it in in Vox. I do all remember right. that, but they did talk about that <laughs> instance and the different companies that are mm-hmm. vying for uh, business. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, can, I can see a lot of uh, pitfalls or a lot of you know. Yeah. What issues they, coming oh, yeah. up surrounding I think this, about like the what they're it's the final the, frontier the yeah. tourists that go up to Everest and mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. not working out well oh <laughs> my god those lines yeah that yeah. is crazy yeah. that is crazy <laughs> just because you have the funds to do something doesn't mean it's appropriate that you should right, right? right exactly right yeah I'm, I'm just kind of worried about the commercialization of space a little yeah. bit you know people talk about they want to put a billboard out there so Coca-Cola can advertise their thing and I'm like Leave no. my sky alone. I know. <laughs> I like to look there's at the so stars. Light, light there's so much light pollution anyway. Exactly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that it's hard to see anyway. It's like, right. But 
We'll see. All mm-hmm. right. So now we have trivial observations with Mark. Right, from the <laughs> profound to the not so profound. <laughs> uh, the theme for this week's trivia um, is the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission. Um, the trivia is entitled One Small Step for Trivia. <laughs> and in honor of the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, there are 11 questions about the okay. mission and things moon related in general. Okay. <laughs> Question number one. Within five minutes, at what time, Central Standard Time, did Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon? God, it was what? Like, it was in the morning, wasn't it? No, like it was about 10.30 at night Eastern Time, so it would be about 9.30 p.m. Central Time. You know what? I'm going to give it to you because you're very close. It's 9.56. Oh, uh, it was 10.56 Eastern, so. Yeah. So. All right. Question number two, what historical piece of fabric did Armstrong have with him on a mission? Historical piece of a fabric. fabric. Yes. Like Velcro? It was... <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, it was not Velcro. Okay. No. Um, Gosh. Aside, when, when aside I, from the flag? Yeah, when I say fabric, I don't think uh, necessarily clothing, Okay. Uh, but fabric that was on... A, oh, like a previous a, mission? Some type of previous mission. Ooh, like maybe canvas from uh, a, a ship or something? Okay. It was Ooh. actually uh, from the Wright Brothers Kitty Hawk huh. Flyer. Was it the canvas, though? I. Uh, you know, that detail I don't know. <laughs> you, it, it very likely could be. Because I remember yeah. reading something about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it very likely could have been. All right, so we already established when uh, Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon. Uh, how many minutes after, within, again, uh, two or three minutes after uh, Armstrong uh, set foot, did Buzz Aldrin? I thought it was hours. It was not hours. 12 apparently. minutes. Oh, okay. She's I, much closer. Okay. Guessing. <laughs> Anybody else? 19 minutes. 19 minutes, exactly. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Matt was very confident on his answer for those of you that... Uh, just say, hey, I knew. All right. Yeah. I was just guessing. <laughs> so I, I thought, you know, I, I thought it was a, a bit of time after he did, but... Well, they waited a couple hours after they landed before mm-hmm. they got okay, out of maybe the module. Yeah. 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 All right, question number four is actually my personal favorite of this. Um... Aldrin's first step steps on the moon might not have been as romantic for him as it was for Armstrong because of what equipment malfunction? Ooh. Oh. I get I guess the ladder, the step ladder? It had something to do with his getting out, yeah. Oh. And his boot? I don't know. I'm and guessing. it has something to do with the boot. <laughs> Okay, Um, when he jumped out, he jumped hard enough that the urine collection tube in his suit broke and the urine flooded down into his boot. So he was squid. And he he obviously didn't report it back to Houston or to the general public. Uh, This was something he shared later. I was just recently watching some of the the footage because they've been restored. 
and I don't remember seeing that. So, yeah. so yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, that's great. All right. Not for him, but yeah, it's a great story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While Armstrong and Aldrin were frolicking on the moon's surface, who was back manning the Columbia? Michael, Michael Collins. Collins. Very good. All right. Question number six, following up. Michael Collins uh, being backed by himself in the Columbia while the other two were on the moon inspired this band to write a song about the loneliness of the image entitled For Michael Collins, Jeffrey, and Me. Who was the band or the artist in the band that wrote that? Pink Floyd? That's a great guess. That's a great guess. And Matt, I was thinking you might get this. Give us a hint. Uh, no. The flute. Jethro Tull? Jethro Tull. Oh, <laughs> oh, and Ian, Ian Anderson wrote this song. So, okay. Oh, that's great. So, as you can tell, this trip is very goofy. <laughs> it's very, so it's very broad. A, yes, it is. <laughs> Question number seven. Once the Apollo 11 astronauts returned to Earth, they weren't done being in tight spaces for a while. For the next yes. 21 days, what was their home? Quarantine. Isolation chamber, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember the name of it? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, the MQF, the mobile uh, quarantine facility. Yeah. That they, okay. I just know they were quarantined for three weeks in a yeah. very oh tight space In together. a very tight space, oh, yeah. So it's probably... Um, didn't one describe it as being almost worse than the, the mission? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Number eight, what 2000 Australian film centers around how images of the moon walk were received by the radio telescope at Parks Observatory in New South Wales? The Dish. The Dish. I love that movie. I haven't seen that movie either. (laughs) It's very funny. It's very sweet and quirky. It's a great great. film on a number of levels. So Yeah. yeah. I should watch it again, actually. Speaking of movies, uh, in the 2019 movie First Man, available for checkout from the Madison College Libraries, who played the role of Neil Armstrong? Ryan Gosling. Okay. Question number 10. We know that we know about from listening to this podcast NASA's goal to get a woman on the moon by 2024. And we know uh, about the name Artemis, um, the uh, allusion to um, uh, the Greek. Um, In addition to that, Artemis is actually a NASA acronym for something. Does anybody know what the actual acronym is? Mm. And I I will give you $1,000 on the spot if you can get it. <laughs> okay. Let's see the money. I think I've seen it, but I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Stumped. Acceleration, reconnection, turbulence, and electrical image. Electrical. No, I can't even get to. We wouldn't have got it. Uh, of the moon's interaction with the sun. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And finally, question number 11. The Truex Library at Madison College has iPads for th- uh, free three-day checkout for students, and they come loaded with a lot of cool apps. Mm-hmm. Which of these apps offer stories and amazing images of the moon and other celestial objects? And I'll give you a hint that it's associated with NASA. Mm. I remember when we... And I'm going to be actually curious... <laughs> Which of these apps? Yeah. Are you going to give us the list? Or? No. 
that question was worded poorly. Can you, oh. name, the, can you name the app for <laughs> NASA? The app? Uh, oh, gosh. Providing uh, both stories and amazing mm. um, images of the moon and other celestial objects. There's just the general NASA app. I know that sure. one has things. It's and actually there's national a, visualization. That's it. App. Thank you very much. Okay. What's it called? It's a, a NASA, <laughs> NASA Visualization Explorer, or for short, uh, NASA Viz. Yeah. Mm, okay. So, okay. Like they have a few apps. Or something. So if you're curious, uh, come to the Madison College Libraries and uh, check it out. Great. My pad, so. <laughs> awesome. And that's the trivia for this week. All right. Well, this one. All right, so now it's time for our Anything Goes recommendations. Um, who would like to go first? Would you as our guest like to go first? Oh, goodness. So, recommendations. <laughs> well, since I'm in astronomy, I will recommend a couple of things. Uh, one is, you know, if you want to take one of our astronomy classes, that would be great. <laughs> okay. uh, they're a lot of fun, and we do evening observing sessions that mm-hmm. I run that students usually enjoy, whether cooperating. Yeah. Um, but another one, if you're into astronomy or sky gazing, um, Stellarium software mm-hmm. is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's free. You know, we have it in all the school machines now, mm-hmm. and it allows you to gaze into the sky or you know, grab your favorite app, Google Sky, um, mm-hmm. Starwalk, and point your phone at the sky, and it will say what you're looking at. It doesn't get any Amazing. easier than that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. cool. And that's one of your personal... Yeah, uh, yeah I use those outside sometimes, you know, right. to kind of supplement things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, check, is it right? And yeah, usually it is, so yeah. that's it's cool. pretty good. Cool. Great. Matthew, would you like to go next? Sure. Um I've I've wanted to see uh, the Ben Stiller series Escape at Dannemora for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It was a Showtime series, and finally um, it came in at the library. It's actually three regular DVD discs, and um, uh, I'm through two of them. And mm-hmm. I and I think there's only one one episode of the of the mini series left on the third disc. So um, the performances are great. It's per- Patricia Arquette. Um, Benicio del Toro and Paul Dano, and um, it's really well written, directed, acted. Um, so I'd recommend that. I have a couple things that are a little on the theme. When you were talking about favorite space stories, um, a book that I read earlier this year that's actually a few years old um, is called "The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet" by Becky Chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a first book in a short series that's very sci-fi and if you like things like star trek if you liked firefly especially you'd love this book um it's not heavy hard sci-fi with a lot of science in it Mm -hmm. it's all about the characters Mm -hmm. um so i would strongly recommend that to anybody who wants fun sci-fi to read okay um and second quick recommendation if you like Elton John, you have to see Rocket Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's awesome. Yeah. You have to be able to handle the fact that it's really a musical. Mm-hmm. The characters start singing randomly in the scenes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, I really enjoyed it, so I wanted to spread the word about that. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. And it's on theme, Rocket. It's totally yep. on yes. theme. <laughs> um, so my uh, Anything Goes recommendation is sort of... Uh, uh, goes in line with today's theme. Um, I did mention before that I was recently watching some of the footage of the moon landing um, on NASA.gov, and so m- my recommendation is just a plug for um, NASA.gov. 
um, because uh, it's so well laid out. Um, all of those videos have been, like I said before, recently restored. You can download them. So for snippets, if you wanted to, you know, show somebody else, um, they they do like side by side comparison of the original footage and the restored footage, and you really can see. I mean, they're not perfect, obviously, but you can see a lot more than we could originally. Um, and then just they, some of the areas are. Um, laid out for learners, for students, like go here and like ask yourself these questions and learn more about it. It's really graphic heavy and um, just just really well laid out. Um, I mean, like my 10-year-old has gone on there and loves it, you know, and 10-year-old... has a great internet presence. They, they but do. But be careful, you can get lost for yes. like hours at a time on well, their site. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> at least and, if you're me. And I've been on there before, but re, like researching, exactly right. researching for the podcast today, I was just like, okay, I better get back to work. Like I've been on here for at least a half hour, and you do, because there's so, so much information. And it's just laid out like not, not so super hard science. Mm-hmm. But So I think they do a good job they of getting people They do a lot of great interested. social media stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. They're on Facebook. They're on Reddit, you know, they do Ask NASA sessions, so they're very in touch with the tech world, you know, they're on Instagram, so whatever you're on, Mm -hmm. look for them there. Yeah, Yeah, but the videos and the images are are just, because they've been just beautifully restored and they're they're striking, like you get chills when you start, like, watching them and looking through them, so. Great. Well, I'm going to recommend a podcast, it's called 13 Minutes to the Moon, and it's a BBC Mm. production. And it's called 13 Minutes because that's how long it took once the eagle detached itself from Columbia. Mm-hmm. to 13 minutes to land, and it just goes into what exactly went into that 13 minutes, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> all the work. And um, there will eventually be 11 episodes, and currently the last one to um, uh, be released was uh, episode 6. And my favorite so far has been episode two, and it's called Kids in Control. (laughs) And it's all about ground control and how young they were, average age, 26. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, Yeah, a lot of them being 22, 23 years old. Um, The oldest person in the room was the um, commander, uh, Gene Krantz, flight commander. He was 36. Mm -hmm. And he is still alive, by the Mm -hmm. way. I looked it up. And um, the last episode... uh, was uh, Saving 1968, and it's all about Apollo 8, which I didn't really know very much about. Great story. Um, It was... uh, um, And what makes it so kind of fun is the music is done by Hans Zimmer, so it's this this emotional sweeping, and I I find myself getting kind of emotional Mm -hmm. about some of the stories. But, um, yeah, it's just really fun. Each episode's about mm, 50 minutes. Mm. And they talk a lot. There's a NASA oral history project, and so they borrow a lot from that. Um, so, cool. Yeah. Very cool. I think PBS is doing a special in July, too. Yeah. On the landing that starts mm-hmm. mid-month or something mm-hmm. like that. Great. So. All right. And my recommendation, quickly, we've talked about uh, some of the terrific aspects of um, the Internet in today's episode, especially... Uh, with how NASA uses it and everything. I would like to recommend uh, a from the Netflix series Black Mirror, mm-hmm. which uh, looks at uh, the darker side of the Internet a little bit mm-hmm. uh, from multiple aspects. An episode from this season entitled Rachel, Jack, and Ashley 2. Um, I think it's just a terrific comment on a lot of issues with current technology and uh, social media and... Um, 
mental health. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a kicker, it has a terrific performance from Molly Cyrus. Miley, in a, right. Miley Cyrus. Miley. I'm very sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, in, in a couple of She's roles, actually so. really great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite funny. Um, yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. So, well, that looks like it wraps it up for us today. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, especially to Dixie, for joining us, for taking thank the time. Thank you for asking me. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, the Overdue Podcast is a production of Madison College Libraries and the Student Achievement Centers. Thank you and for joining us, and see you next time.